Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be in the world right now. Welcome to episode four of the Girl Behind the Smile podcast. My name is Claire Byrne, and I am the Girl Behind the Smile. On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking with Robert, also known as the Voice of Scars, and he's going to be telling us about his journey of epilepsy from when he was diagnosed when he was two years old. From being in your room on Clubhouse, but if you Mm -hmm. want to start and tell us a little bit about yourself, Robert and your experiences sure. with mental health and your epilepsy, that would be fab. For sure. So um, my name is Robert Kirksey. Um, I'm a videographer, photographer, and scriptwriter. But uh, I'm also, most importantly, I'm uh, walking in my purpose in speaking to people with epilepsy and mental health. Um, I do that now because uh, it's been a long time coming, honestly, but I've had epilepsy since I was two years old. So uh, I know a lot about the struggles uh, as far as some of the different uh problems that that comes with um when it comes to uh emotionally and mentally and even uh even socially so uh i I know a lot about that and uh just from my experience and i i'm excited to speak about it as far as today and just period all together i'm excited to finally uh be okay with talking about it and uh getting it out there yeah, that's amazing. So if I can just ask you a little bit about growing up. So obviously you were two, it was really young when you were diagnosed. And I'm guessing at that time, you didn't really know what was going on being so young. Correct. So um, when I first started having seizures, it was definitely, uh, definitely caught the whole family off guard, uh, especially given the fact that I was the first person in my family. Um, I'm no longer the only person. Uh, There's others in my family that had uh, epilepsy as well, but I was the first person in my family to ever uh, have epilepsy or a seizure. So, um, you know, it was definitely an adjustment of my family with my seizures. And once it first started, uh, yeah, we didn't know much about it at all. So, you know, it took us a while to learn about it. Truthfully, I'm saying us, but uh wasn't me. It was my mom and my, my dad and my sister, you know, uh, older family members who who would uh, do the research and uh, figure out. Because truthfully, at that age, um, I think I was very oblivious to it all. Um, you know, I'm two years old at I'm thinking of nothing but food and toys, probably. Yeah. So I, I don't think I was uh, really fully aware of uh, what what it affected and uh, what type of life I would have to live uh, with epilepsy. So I was pretty, yeah, it's fair to say I didn't, uh, without my family, I, I would uh, be lost uh, at that age because I didn't have a clue Um didn't know much about epilepsy or uh how it would affect me so yeah we were, I feel like we were all kind of new to it at that point yeah so your parents and obviously your your older sister were doing a great job of kind of researching everything and finding out the best way to support you with, sure. with in terms of your diagnosis of epilepsy I've, epilepsy is a little bit oblivious to me I'm not that much on epilepsy so I know there's different mm-hmm types of epilepsy that you can have and, and different types of seizures so for you what is your kind of diagnosis and what do you so, experience 
So there is different type of seizures. Um, epilepsy is the disease that causes the seizures. So that there's different, like I said, there's different type of seizures, not necessarily different type of epilepsies. Um, epilepsy is just a general term for the cause of the seizures. So mass seizures that I have are grandma seizures. But as you said before, you know, there's many type of seizures. Um, focal. Um, I usually have grandma. That's where I started out. And that's what I have most of the time. If I do have a seizure, but um, my seizures kind of evolved. So I had some grandma seizures. I had partial seizures, which are just uh, staring off in the space, uh, not really being fully there. Okay. So uh, I've had I've had those. Uh, as I got older, I feel like I grew more into I had uh, more partial seizures. But the thing about partial seizures is if you're not aware of it yourself as the person having a seizure or you don't have people around you that are aware that you have seizures, a lot of times partial seizures can go completely unnoticed because they can be so quick. And uh, they're like, like I said, if you're not looking for it, you really won't know what to see, what, what would make it a focal seizure. I mean, uh, not a focal seizure, a partial seizure, but yeah. uh, it's definitely a, it's definitely grew on me as far as uh, knowing how I feel uh, before I start to have a seizure. So, you know, as yeah, I got I was, older, I was going to say, is there a particular like trigger sort of sensations in your body when you kind of know that a trigger is, you know, a seizure is potentially going to take place? Definitely. definitely. Uh, with me, uh, there's a few uh, triggers. And, and that's another thing that changed to uh, my triggers as I got older. But uh, now that I am older, though, my triggers are definitely headaches. And uh, the the moment where I know I'm going to, I can have a seizure or I'm at risk of having a seizure is where it's just a moment of, it's kind of like, you know, that feeling you get when you get deja vu? Yeah. It's like a weird, fuzzy feeling. Like, it's happened before. Uh, it's a lot like that. It's, it's just a weird, fuzzy feeling in the brain where, you, you know, you're not necessarily sure, but it's like something is not right. Something has shifted in my brain. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's hard to ex- brain. If you could just imagine being alert in your dream. But knowing something is off at the same time, you know, you, you, you're not sure it's a dream, but you know, something's just not right. about yeah, this. Yeah. Um, That's the feeling. It's just a real airy feeling in the brain of almost like nothingness. <laughs> so once that happens, I, I know that I'm going to have a seizure. And uh, like I said, my triggers now are headaches. But growing up, um, it's crazy. I think growing up, now that I look back at it, I think my triggers were really all um, all mental. As far as I think growing up, my triggers were stress-related. Um, okay. I think growing up, I was so fixated and uh, stuck on having people like me that I will put that pressure on myself when they didn't yeah. or when I felt like they did it. And, and that was often because, uh, you know, a kid with epilepsy, kid that went through Stephen Johnson syndrome, people don't understand me. So they, they tend to uh, take that approach to where they laugh at me. So I think 
growing up, my seizures were really, really bad. And I think the reason they were so bad is because I was so stressed out and I allowed everyone's opinions and thoughts to really affect me. So I feel like that is a big reason why growing up, my seizures were terrible. Uh, and it would happen like every day. Wow. Not once a day. So I, I feel like now, uh, yeah, now it's just headaches, but that's only because I grew out of that feeling of uh, not enoughness, if that makes sense. Like that feeling of people, people no longer have that control, put it that way. Yeah. Whereas before yeah. their thoughts were very important to me and it was like, it would really affect me if they thought negatively about me. That is no longer the case because I, I, I'm, uh, I don't know, I feel like I've grown enough to know that that doesn't help me in any way, you know, even if they like yeah. me or they dislike me. At the end I of like the day, I, I've grown to realize that that's not a deciding factor in any part of my life. So it doesn't yeah. really make a difference on how they feel. And that definitely, uh, that definitely helped me out a lot. And I think as well, I mean, school and high school must have been such a difficult time because peers and children they can be so cruel and it's mm. often more about that that lack of understanding as well isn't it so I mean you've touched on a little bit sort of going through school but how did you kind of deal with that did you have a good friendship network that did understand or did you feel quite truthfully uh, there's two things that I would say got me through those times where didn't feel like I had any friends, um, which is family and just really just my smile, believe it or not, because crazy thing about my smile is growing up, I used to stay smiling, but what it was is, uh, once I went back on it, it was always a mess. It was always a mess. It wasn't uh, smile because I'm so happy with my whole life. You know, it was always, you know, now when I smile, I'm actually genuinely happy. But yeah, yeah. growing up, I, I, <laughs> and the reason I keep looking up in front of me is because there's a, a collage of old pictures of mine um, right in front of me for <laughs> my mom made a while ago. So I grew up, I used to always smile, but truthfully, it was just hiding those feelings inside. So I think the two ways that I dealt with it, which are, you know, aren't the best ways, but the one way is my family. Uh, my family was always there for me. They always had my back no matter what. Yeah. And then the second way was just that mask, that mask, that mask of I'm going to smile even when I'm hurting. And uh, just walking around with that mask is as much as it, you know, didn't really help because it really just held the emotions in. And then when I'm alone, they, they would come out. But truthfully, I would have to say that's what got me through a lot of rough times, just in the sense of being okay with not being okay, if that makes sense. Um, De you know, De definitely. And this, obviously, this is my podcast called The Girl Behind the Smile. And that's what I've always tended to do because. Uh -huh. My friends and family that know me, I'm kind of known for this big beaming smile. But sometimes <laughs> I don't I don't really want to be smiling. I don't want to be happy. But mm -hmm. we do all put these masks on to kind of actually, you know, I'm all right. It's absolutely fine. But inside, mm -hmm. you're kind of screaming, aren't you? And, and it's finding that way of managing 
those symptoms and how you're feeling. So as well with your epilepsy sort of during through those times where you're kind of putting that big smile on and masking, how is that Mm -hmm. kind of impacting on your mental well-being as well? Uh, It had a a very negative impact on my uh, mental health. And that took a long time for me to realize too, but it definitely, uh, it definitely made me kind of numb in a sense of, uh, I would just start to believe the things that they were saying so much, though, that they became reality. And one thing that I pride myself on nowadays is that your thoughts become the reality. So growing up, all my thoughts were surrounded around the things that were being said to me, like, uh, you know, you're stupid, Uh, you're not good enough, you're ugly. All those little things that people just said just to get into my head. Um, yeah. They used to work. They used to definitely work, and they used to eat me up inside because I believed it, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't see the lie in it. I couldn't see that they were just throwing that to hurt me. It it genuinely affected me in the sense of my confidence was so low for so long. And, yeah. There was like so many moments where, um, like they say, confidence is key. There was so many moments where if I would have just been confident, um, a better outcome would have happened. But because I used to walk around, I used to live my life with this constant, uh, it was almost like all the people who talked about me, all those words became its own bully. And it, it became a yes. bully that would follow me around constantly and, and not in a physical, in an actual person, but in a voice, just this voice of doubt and insecurity yeah. that yeah. would come up in those moments where I needed it to go away. <laughs> in those moments no. where I needed to be confident in myself, that voice would come up and be like, remember you did this. Remember they said this. You're not you're not good enough to do this. So that's just to come full circle real quick. That's why I'm so excited and passionate about what I'm doing right now, even though, you know, it's coming with its bumps and bruises, but that's nothing. But I'm so passionate about it because truth is, I did not believe that this would be me. Like, I look at these pictures that I just told you about, and I'm like, Whoa! You would not recognize me today. Yeah, that's <laughs> you a person on that wall. And right. I guess that's, that's good that you've got that as a reminder. Like that was mm-hmm. me. I don't want to go back to that. I need to build up on from that and continue to be this confident, strong black man. You know, who's promoting and helping and supporting others on their journey as well. Because you've got, you've lived it. You've been there. You've done that. Mm-hmm. You've got that T-shirt, and you can now guide and and help others as well and it's just amazing you know the work that you're doing the group that you've got on clubhouse which you know which is growing each week right kind of getting more people come in and then you've got the regular people coming in and and i just i just love your your group that you've got going it's always always so good and the topics are always amazing hence why when i can get in it i'm on it (laughs) thank you appreciate it and can I just say, I'm loving the T-shirt you're in today, rocking that. I love that. <laughs> that's so thank cool. You, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> just 
touching back on school as well, how was it so in school if you had a seizure, how were the teaching and the teaching stuff with that? Did they have a good understanding of how to support you and cope um, you through that all? At first, no. At first, I was uh, very much the black cat in school as far as, uh, you know, not a lot of people knew about epilepsy. Um, but uh, my school, one thing about not my high school as much because I didn't have uh, seizures as much in high school, but my middle school, once they realized, uh, they were definitely amazing about it. Um, that's one thing I can say is that my school, uh, aside from the kids, you know, of course there's kids that will talk about me, but the school itself really really helped me out in the sense of they did they were there for me they yeah. were and I, i'm not even gonna lie i kind of wish my high school was like that because uh at middle school i'm not gonna lie i was at the age where i didn't really see how much they were going for me you know i knew it but i didn't really look at it like oh my god they're amazing they're like i didn't put them on a pedestal because of it i just was like okay whatever thank you whatever but just I, just just for me and kind of the people in europe and uk how old are you sort of going through middle school I'm 25. oh yeah I'm tw- actually 25. i'm lying i'm 26 now i just turned 26, 26. April 13th. <laughs> but in, in, in middle school as well what age range is middle school middle school is uh it's like 12 13 age range okay so, so yeah so that experience they kind of took it upon themselves to educate themselves so they could support you through school a right bit. right and they uh they actually did a few uh yeah they did like two um a uh i don't know what you call it in, in your state uh we call it a uh rally though like or a seminar yeah yeah, they yeah. Just, yeah yeah, so um, they did a few of those for me. Um, they had experts come in and tell the, explain to the kids about epilepsy and the different type of epilepsies. Um, so, yeah, they definitely were definitely there for me as a school. Um, when it comes to the kids, you know, that's not always the case. But but that, that comes with the territory, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that does sound like... That, that middle school was really proactive and amazing and the fact that they kind mm-hmm. of brought people in to kind of educate the kids because I think you often find people fear what they don't understand as well so mm-hmm. you know if children and even adults if they're seeing something it's very much oh no I don't want to mm-hmm. and that's where then they kind of say oh you're stupid you're crazy because they've got no mm-hmm. understanding behind what right. is happening yeah, it was definitely a really great school. And even to this day, like, I still, once I see the, the uh, principal of the school, because he's still the same principal, they still wow. have the same principal. So I still say hi to him, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super happy to see him whenever I do. So it's definitely it was an amazing school. And one thing, another thing that they did for me, uh, which was super amazing, is as a kid, um, because I had epilepsy so severely and they didn't really know a lot about it, I had to wear EEGs sometimes. And sometimes I had to wear those during school. And uh, whenever I did, though, they allowed it to be hat day. So I would be able to wear my hat and everyone else is wearing their hat. 
is they just made me feel real normal even well you know during that time where i I wasn't really normal so uh i definitely definitely could say middle school uh the school itself really looked out for me they really they sound like amazing like they went above and beyond that yeah Yeah. that's really that's really yeah i'm kind of blown away by that that is really (laughs) good as a school because you don't very often get that kind of support Support, yeah definitely you should i can imagine you're gonna go back there and like do your own educating all the kids now fingers crossed that it will get there because i would truly love to do that and not just that school schools period but I would truly, truly love to do that. I said fingers crossed, but we got it. I know we yeah, got it. Yeah, we'll you got that. Before. That would be amazing. You're an advocate. Yeah, you, it's, it's sure. amazing. You can't beat lived experience. You know, you it's it's just so powerful and amazing. Mm-hmm. Just touching on sort of medication as well for epilepsy. Have you mm-hmm. sort of been on medication all your life? Or so, has there been periods of time where you don't have to take any medication for it? I was definitely on medication uh, my whole childhood. Um, they, they did. Uh, there was a time where I wasn't on medications, but it was it wasn't because I was okay. It was because I was fearful of medication. So just a little bit of my journey when it comes to epilepsy medications. Um, unfortunately, it's not really one of amazing success. <laughs> um, so. Uh, my first few medications that I took, um, you know, they seemed to have worked for a little bit, but they had, all my medications had a side effect, one or another. So, um, so one of my medications made me very sleepy uh, to the point where I would sleep every second of the day. Um, in school, I would be knocked out. Uh, so the teachers would, would, were the ones that brought that to my parents' attention. Yeah. Um, how sleepy I would be. And then yeah. uh, we moved from that to another medication that uh, these these side effects are probably out of whack. Like it probably didn't happen just like this, but these are some of the side effects that I, I went through. Um, there was one medication that made me very angry uh, and I ended up fighting my dad a few times. So, it, you know, that wasn't good. And then there was a medication that made me, uh, which is, the worst side effects you can get because epilepsy also makes you do this. It made me forget a lot. Like, I mean, everything, like literally the whole day of school would just go to the wayside once the day was over. So there was that. Um, and we, we got off of that. And then, uh, there was so many, uh, side effects, unfortunately, but I'll just skip to the one that made me, take that moment of pause uh without medications um even though that was dangerous at that time uh, i did that because i had uh one of my allergic reactions came from a medication called lamictal they gave me too much for my age and my weight turns out so uh, i got something called steven johnson syndrome um which is it starts as blisters on your tongue and then it goes all over your body from there. And before you know it, you're covered in uh, a bunch of bloody blisters. And, yeah. Uh, this was around the same time that I was in middle school. So I was actually 12 when this happened. So, you know, you can only imagine uh, I'm already a kid with epilepsy and the kid that's looked at as, you know, different. 
Yeah. Now I'm the kid that is has epilepsy, is already looked at as different. And he also has dots all over his face, uh, bloody blisters all over his face. So it's, it's very hard as a kid to explain these things to people. So I think that is the sole reason for that mess that we had talked about earlier, where yeah. I, it, I just found it easier to just smile and ignore the things they were saying than to actually address it and let them know, okay, this is what happened to me. It was just, as a kid, it was, it was so unknown, truthfully. I mean, and as I was going through that, we didn't know that they overdosed. We didn't know. We didn't really know a lot about it um, when I was 12. So so when did you kind of know that that it was, it was the Stephen John, is it Stephen Um, Johnson or Stephen Jones syndrome? Stephen Johnson. Stephen Jones syndrome. Stephen Johnson. Stephen Johnson. So when did you kind of know that that was what it was and that it was so kind we, of the, being the overdose of the medication that caused it? The overdose part, that took a while for us to learn. Uh, that took, you know, maybe that took a while for us to learn because we went to court for all that. So that was way down the line. So that was some years for us to learn that. But, uh, as far as the Steven Johnson, we did learn that that same uh, night when it popped up on my on my tongue. Uh, actually, not that same night. Maybe the next morning because they that that same night uh, just popped into my head real quick, almost like a flashback. But that same night, though, uh, they were kind of running around crazy uh, trying to figure out what happened, like what it was. So I think uh, later that morning um, we had they had let us know that it was Steven Johnson syndrome. But uh, yeah, even with that knowing, uh, as a kid, you just don't really know how to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine it was so painful as well if you've got the blisters in your mouth and on your yeah. face. It, it was definitely uh, very painful. Um, luckily, I don't really... Uh, remember much of the pain because you know i was given all kinds of medications all kind of uh, painkillers and all that but uh it was definitely a very very painful uh, experience just from the memories i have of recovery alone uh, i can tell you it was super super painful because you know it's a bunch of open blisters so even the smallest thing get ill uh, it burns yeah. so it's definitely uh definitely really really painful but uh luckily um the painful uh moments aren't really vivid in my mind just due to the fact that you know i was uh given a bunch of uh painkillers and medications yeah. to help with that so and how was, long, uh, sorry how long did they last for as well before they sort of started to heal and subside mm-hmm. that's a good question uh they lasted for a while um at least well, n- none of the scars are completely healed, if that makes sense. So I still have scars to this day, but the healing, as far as the initial healing of the scars, I would say at least took three years, truthfully. Wow. Because even when the uh, the blood went away uh, and they so-called healed, right, uh, they didn't really heal because there's still these uh, 
black spots all over my face um, that, you know, everyone could still see. So it, it healed uh, really slowly. And uh, like I said, some of the things, some of the side effects aren't st- still aren't healed and will never really heal. So uh, just to, yeah, I don't know if you could see that. Um, those are my nails, though. Those yeah. are gone. That's not actually a nail anymore. That's below the nail, just hardened up. Um, I have a few nails like that. uh, So that'll never change. Um, One thing that that kind of affects me on daily, um, now I smoke, but even before I smoke, this is something that people would definitely point out. My eyes are very sensitive. So it's very easy for my eyes to get red and uh, like bloodshot red. And, you know, as a kid, before, uh, not, now I smoke, but before I even smoked, um, as a kid, uh, being looked at as if you're getting high every day, um, just because your eyes are red, yeah. was was a lot because uh, I wasn't smoking at that point at all, but uh, yeah. my eyes will always be bloodshot. And I guess they're adding into that then as well, you know, the kind of horrible names that kids sort of say that you're a junkie and on top of kind of everything else that you're going through. So it's, yeah, crazy, crazy times. And I'm guessing, is this where the voice of scars, your name came from as well, from that kind of period? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. It it definitely came from that period of time. And it's crazy because I didn't, I'm, I'm kind of upset at myself for how long it took me. But then again, you know, I'm I'm only 26. So I'm not old, old, but... No, you're a baby. Still like, you're still young. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still like, man, you should have been in this because it's like people actually need this. I mean, there's people out here. And I, I haven't met many people who uh, went through Stephen Johnson syndrome. I think I met one person online, so I didn't actually meet her in person. But... uh it's it's not something that is spoke about a lot. So uh, no, I I've never heard of that until because obviously I've heard you speak about that in in your room as on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I've never that's something I've never heard of, and I've you know I work in healthcare, but yeah, it must be quite a rare phenomenon. I'm guessing is it? It is. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that doesn't happen often. But uh, what's even worse about it is it's something that doesn't happen often but when it happens the people don't often live so so that's the worst thing about it because so with steven johnson it's a it's a gradual thing like it doesn't all happen at the same time it starts on your tongue and then it gradually goes all over your body but see where i'm lucky is um I don't know if it if it's because of the color of my skin or I, I don't know exactly what it what it was, but my skin was strong enough to where it didn't uh, destroy that tissue. If that makes sense, um, it, it didn't make those. It didn't kill me. I, I don't know how to how to exactly yeah. state that, but um, a lot of people that went through this though unfortunately didn't live because uh their scars were too severe um so too much blood loss that's what it is that's what it is i was trying to figure that out um it's blood loss so um most people that have this die from uh, extreme blood loss you know because all your all those dots come at the same time so you know 
can only imagine how much blood you're going to lose due to that. And not to mention, it affects your gums. Um, so, you know, that blood isn't just coming from the outside. It's also like coming internal from... Internal bleeding as well. Right. It's also and, coming from your gums and your teeth. So stuff like that don't really go away. But uh, stuff like that is also why this this disease is so deadly for most people because they can't really withstand that amount of blood loss. Um, so it was only God, I guess, that uh, that yeah. allowed me to withstand it. But he was definitely yeah, looking down on you. And absolutely, but yeah, there's not a lot of people that uh, survive this, unfortunately. And and with the Stephen Johnson syndrome, is that triggered by the medication, or is there other things that can trigger it? Um, no, it's actually crazy enough. It's actually only medications. Um, so there's different medications. Um, it's not just lamictal, but it only comes from medications. So uh, nothing else, as of what I know so far, because um, I've done some research on it as well. But uh, from what I know so far, it can only come from medications. Um, so. It, there's no other way of, of getting this uh, specific disease. Wow. And is there a sort of particular area that it kind of triggers in the body for that? I guess it's kind of a, it's like almost like a real severe allergic reaction. In, yeah, in that, respect, that's exactly it? what it is. Yep, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, I don't know if there's something in the body that, uh, excuse me, triggers it. Um, that's a good question. I'm really not sure. Uh, I, you know, I know it starts on the tongue, so maybe something in our saliva, but I'm really, truly not sure uh, what exactly would trigger it. But yeah, it's uh, it's, it's definitely comes with a lot of uh, long-term scores. So like uh, my gums, uh, like I mentioned before, my gums are always going to be a little scarred. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, they bleed pretty much every day uh, when I brush my teeth. Uh, my gums bleed a little bit. So things like that uh, are a little harder to, to you know, help or cure. Yeah. But, but it's definitely, uh, the, the scars get better, though, as you can see. <laughs> Yeah, and you know they kind of they add character to yourself as well because it's kind of that's who that's Robert, you know. <laughs> For you sure. Them. <laughs> For sure, absolutely, absolutely. So just kind of coming up to kind of how you are now. What kind of things do you do to kind of promote your well being? Is the kind of behaviours that you've kind of got this toolbox of of self care and different things that. I'm still figuring it all out. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you and act like I, I've got that figured out. I'm still figuring out how to, uh, you know, deal with those uh, those down moments. But truthfully, um, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely getting better at it as far as I meditate a little more. Um, meditation is, is kind of hard for me sometimes because uh, with epilepsy, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but with epilepsy, uh, your brain is overactive even when you're not having a seizure sometimes and that's what happens with me a lot of times a lot of times i get distracted very easily um and end up doing something else but uh yeah i guess just so 
that's why meditation is hard for me. I'm right yeah. there, just yeah. But <laughs> that's why meditation is hard for me because my brain does so much sometimes. But definitely uh, meditating. Um, uh, I write my uh, I am's down on the daily. Uh, I write them down and I put them on post notes on my wall. So uh, just simple things like I am a king, I am greatness. Things that truthfully um, I didn't believe uh, a while ago. But through that repetition and through me doing my I am's, I, I'm building that courage in that. And even with my clubhouse rooms, uh, I'm starting to see that, you know, people are looking at me as that. They're looking at me as that courageous guy or that king. Whereas uh, previously I wasn't the case, you know, because I didn't look at myself as that. So I think the biggest shift I took uh, within the the last few years and the biggest thing that's helped me is me knowing me um, if that makes sense because uh, I, th- I feel like for a long time I allowed myself to adopt a me that was what everyone else seen but not what I see so I think just me being okay with being fully myself and not allowing others thoughts and opinions to run around in my head and convince me of otherwise. So I don't know how to explain that all the way, but I think that is just uh, so, an attitude uh, of gratitude, if that makes sense. I know, that. <laughs> yes. and that's, and I, know, I know everybody that comes in your clubhouse room is like, Robert is a king. His I am's are just <laughs> on point. And you can so tell that you are believing that now because it kind of comes out in your tone sure. of your voice and, and everything. Sure. It's, it's amazing. And I love, that you, I love that you always end the group, you know, end the, you know, that group doing that with your I am's. It's just... It's really powerful. It's really good. Love it. For sure. For sure. And it, I feel like it just, it helps uh, everyone in the group, not just me, because I feel like a lot of times we're afraid to just uh, be okay with who we are. Where Sometimes we just, we get yeah. to the point where we're like, I don't want to feel like I'm bragging. I don't want to feel like I'm a big-headed individual. Like, I want people to like me. But little do we realize um now I'm realizing that that's what you got to do to get people to like you. You just got to be fully yourself, unapologetically, um, and not be afraid to just, just say it how it is. I'm a king. I'm greatness. Um, no one's going to tell me that until I start right. telling myself that. So. And 100%. And, you know, we weren't all put on this earth for everybody to like us. And it's kind of like, get rid mm-hmm. of those toxic people be boundaries, you know, it's all about that self-love and self-care and it's not about, it's not selfish, you're doing it for your own mental well-being mm-hmm. and you can't, I think, because one of those things for me, I was always very much, I always wanted to please everybody, I want to support everybody and, you know, I've been burned so many times that you give and give and give and give but then you've got an empty cup and it doesn't get mm-hmm. reciprocated. So I think for it's sure. learning to be that boundary as, as, as well within within that absolutely just being okay with being you yeah Yeah. it sounds so simple coming off my (laughs) coming out of my mouth but (laughs) it's so not it's so it's so uh it takes some time when you're when you're in that low place to just see yourself as greatness but 
I don't know. I feel like we all are, you know, even when we don't realize it. I feel like we all are just greatness. And uh, God brought us here for reasons. We just get so bogged down by everything happening in life that we tend to diagnose ourselves with a false reality of who we are. And, and we just let others' opinions and thoughts come in and confirm those false realities. But truthfully, we're meant to be kings and queens. Definitely. It's like the matrix, isn't it? We need to unplug all those negative stories mm-hmm. and, and doing it that way. One thing I would like to touch on with you, because this is what I've not spoke to you about this before, but I've seen that um, you use like the CBD oil and and medications and stuff. Have you found that, because I'm interested in this, have you found that Mm -hmm. beneficial for not only your epilepsy, but for kind of your well-being in general? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, uh, you know, I just started taking the CBD. So, um, you know, I'm still a new patient for it all. But I definitely found it super helpful. Um, I take a tincture uh, every day, which is just to help me focus. Um, it does that. I also just recently took one. As I said, I'm, I'm positive for COVID. So I just recently yeah. took a little bit of tincture just to help for my headache. And it, it did that. And then I take the immune boost, which is, you know, just helps me boost, boost my immune system. Um, unfortunately, it's not working fast enough, but... <laughs> But um, I definitely, definitely see a big difference with these uh, these products because it just—I mean, I guess it's just that it, it just works with what your body already has. You know, we already have those endocannabinoids, so uh, yeah. it's just working off what you already have to work with. But I mean, it truly helps me a lot. And uh, just to to put it in perspective, um, I was never against. Uh, marijuana helping me you know i always knew it it helped me with my epilepsy and other things but uh my parents on the other hand not so much um they know now that it helps me with my epilepsy and they're open to it but at the same time you know they're from the old school where weed is weed um you know it all comes from the same plant it's all the same thing so they were very close-minded to a lot of it at first um and recently, I got my mom to take a, it's a spray. It's you, So you spray it on wherever you're in pain. And my mom uses that daily now because wow. it really helps her. So, you know, they, to, to take people from looking at weed as just to get high and then allowing them to use this product. And now they're like, oh, this is actually helping. Okay, I'm going to keep using it. I, I feel like that's just... That's so powerful because now I feel like I have a solution for a lot of people. Whereas before I'm just telling my story and telling what I went through. But now I feel like the same people I'm talking to and I'm telling things are going to be okay. I actually have a solution for them now in a way to to help them. So it it feels really good. It feels like I'm in a good position, uh, not only to help myself, but to help others that may be struggling with the same thing. Oh, that's amazing. That's so powerful. And I'm going to try, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit now because I've heard this before, but your fantastic spoken word piece that you do, <laughs> can you remember it off heart? Absolutely. So um, I can't, I'm, I'm not good at off the heart, right? So I'm going to be honest with you. That's okay. I'm going to pull it up for a second. 
but so just before Robert does this, because it, it is amazing and it's so powerful about telling a little bit about him and his journey. But I'm going to hand you over to Robert. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Let's get it. Can you? You can still hear me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Still hear you. It's all good. Okay. Okay. So is it okay if I just stay on on here and? That's cool, yeah. Okay, uh, sorry about that. I don't want to just recite wrong. Though. Okay, so it's called When the Brain Attacks. When the brain attacks, what are you going to do about that? It's not like you can attack back. You'll just be attacking yourself, and nobody wants that. When the brain attacks, it's like a mental smack. You can't stop. You see it coming in slow motion, but once the pain hits, you feel like a small boat in a windy ocean going through the motions. Shaking uncontrollably as a waterfall comes from your mouth. There's no stopping the motions when the brain attacks. As people run around your feet like little rats, unsure what to do when the brain attacks. When the brain attacks, it comes hard, so you better be ready to fight back. After the brain attacks, you'll feel like you ran 10 miles on the track and you haven't even ran a lap. After the brain attacks, you'll forget your whole day and not even think to bring it back. It really sucks when the brain attacks, and epilepsy taught me that. Appreciate you. Yeah, that is fire. Thank you. So, so good. (laughs) So, so good. So, just before we go as well, Robert, do you want to let people know your Instagram handle, if they want to hit you up, or about your clubhouse rooms, if they're on clubhouse, what kind of days you do it? Absolutely. Appreciate you for uh, putting me on the spot like that. Um, so my uh, Instagram name is Voice of Scars. Um, you can find me. I'm the guy uh, with scars all over his face. That's that's me on Instagram. Um, and then uh, my clubhouse is uh, I do rooms on mental health and epilepsy every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, two to three p.m. Eastern time. And then I also do a room on Saturdays called Let's Talk Scars Kings and Queens. Um, from 3 p.m. to whatever time, we just let that conversation go because our scars don't have any times on them, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Once, once, once we get to talking about our scars, we, we just we we encourage everyone to just dive in and tell us everything that you've been through. So those rooms just go until whatever time, and uh, yeah, I love doing those rooms. It's super fun, and uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you can find me at Voice of Scars also on uh, Clubhouse. And then, yeah, appreciate you for uh, for your time. And, no, and that's it. amazing. Thank you so much as well. And, you know, being not quite well with COVID as well at the minute. So thank you so much for this no today. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Sorry that I was... A-